Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Ralph Velasco, and I'm here with Ugo Che, of course. Uh, for this episode, we thought we would uh, take a look back at the year uh, 2016 and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that uh, happened to us with our travel and our photography, maybe talk about some gear that we purchased, some of the locations we went to, the experiences we had, and uh, this is always a good time to do that. And we're Towards the end, we're going to take a look at 2017 and uh, what's coming up ahead. Hey, Hugo, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, uh, you caught me between trips. I just came home from Barcelona, Spain, getting ready to leave for New York next week. Actually, I will be leaving on Sunday. So this is today for we, we don't go live with our episodes, so people will be able to to listen to this later, but today is January 19, and uh, next week I'm in, uh, I'm in the big city, New York. I'm really excited about it. Will that be your first time ever there? No, it will be my third time. But oh, I've always nice. been there for very short periods of time, um, most three days at most. So there's still a lot that I haven't seen that I plan to see. If you want to know a funny, funny story... Uh, few years ago i was uh, i was in new york and i had this plan uh, to i mean i've got this image in my mind which is very iconic and cliche if you like if you go to what's that called washington street in brooklyn where you see the manhattan bridge and you see the empire state building under the arch of the bridge i was mm-hmm. had that photo in my mind and i said okay i'm in brooklyn i'm going to find that street and take a photo so i went there the light was perfect, and there was one big crane because there was some work going on right across the street. <laughs> so, of course. So I said, I need to come back and shoot that picture, so maybe this time will be will be the time. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I, I think you can get a similar shot to just walking over the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, and so if you keep looking back at Manhattan, and um, you mm-hmm. can get that shot from there as well if, uh, if it's different than what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's funny, though. (laughs) And what about you? Well, I'm in Chicago right now, and uh, this weekend we've got the uh, Chicago Travel and Adventure Show where I'll be speaking. And then you and I, although we've known each other for quite a while, we're going to actually meet in person for the first time in New York because I'm going to be there uh, speaking at B&H and at Adorama and also at the New York Times Travel Show. And believe it or not, this was not planned. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We just uh, found this out like yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, Ugo, give us a little bit of a background or overview of what happened to you in 2016. Where, where were some of the destinations that you went to? Oh, a lot, actually. I was, uh, I was looking back at my catalog of photos on, on Lightroom. I use Lightroom, and I typically organize my photos by year. And I was looking, okay, I remember I went... Uh, like to the Amalfi coastline in December and Cologne, Germany for the photo kin in September and Greece in August and October. And then I 
completely forgot that I'd been to Spain, in the southern Spain, in in March, and to Norway in January. And said, "Oh, that's that trip too." So I've taken so many trips that I start forgetting about them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Those are the the highlights, I would say. Norway, Andalusia, Greece, uh, the Amalfi coastline, and it was not strictly 2016, but uh, it was. Just the beginning of this year, in the beginning of January, I was for one week in Oman, which uh, I have never had never been to. It's a, it's really an amazing country. Maybe we'll have a chance to talk about it. People want to know because when I tell people uh, I'm going to Oman or I've been to Oman, they they look at me a bit strange because they not very not many people know about this country, which is actually quite amazing. So. I think we'll have some time to talk about it, I hope. Yeah, I'd love to do an episode on it because I've, of course, heard of it, but I don't know much about it at all. I'd love to, to learn more. Yeah. What about uh, something that, mm-hmm. Yeah, something that I do, which is just kind of for my own benefit, I guess. I don't know if it's a benefit or not, but I track how many flights I take each year. And last year I was on, uh, actually 2015, I was on 58 different flights throughout the course of the year. Last year, it actually went down to 55, which I was kind of surprised. But I also track how many hours of flights I spent. And so I was over 200 hours in the air, which is actually about eight and a half days, Mm -hmm. the equivalent of eight and a half days sitting in airplanes last year which is kind of brutal <laughs> I, I didn't count my flights but i'm probably at least 40 yeah but i mean you know I, i'm people have their commute each day and i suppose if you multiply that out it probably comes out to about the same but uh you know sitting in airplanes for eight and a half days seems kind of ridiculous but uh you know, this the first quarter i just talked about a couple of the travel shows that i've got coming up but uh, the first quarter last year I'm always doing these shows, uh, did San Diego for the first time last year, uh, also L.A., Bay Area, and quite a few other shows, Dallas. And uh, But uh, as far as travel, uh, uh, international travel goes, I had a Cuba trip, then Morocco, and then I did, did my capitals of the Baltics, uh, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, uh, spoke at the Out of Chicago conference in June. Then I spoke at TBEX, uh, which, if you're not familiar with it, is the Travel Bloggers Exchange. That is a, a really great uh, series of conferences that they have around the world. This one was in Stockholm. Then I did uh, one of my favorite trips, which is Copper Canyon, Mexico. A lot of people don't realize Copper Canyon is bigger and deeper than the Grand Canyon. That would be a... Uh, a destination to do a show on sometime. It's uh, really interesting, not on a lot of people's radar, but uh, just incredible uh, and so accessible, f- especially for North American people. Uh, then I went to Romania with a group and uh, spoke at the Out of New York conference. I think I came home for about four days, and then I went on a month-long scouting trip to India. From there, I led a group in Vietnam, and then I had a couple days in Tokyo on the way back. So quite a quite a year of travel. 
You know you're traveling too much though when you forget where you've been, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I didn't I had to even look at my calendar too. I didn't even mention shorter trips like uh, two days by car to the south of France or Rome. <laughs> These don't. It's count. nice where you live because you've got so much variety right around you. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's being in Europe as it's uh, it's perks. I mean, can really get fast enough and cheap enough to to many places which are not your home country and see something different different cultures without uh, going too far that's one of the the benefits of being a european for sure did you have any uh, interesting interactions with uh, some local people last year that you want to talk about um well some yeah uh most uh inter- Maybe because it's the freshest in my memory, being, uh, again, talking about Oman. We spent a night in the desert with those uh, Bedouin people. And their hospitality is what really sets them apart. They would do anything for the guest. Um, tradition, uh, traditional welcome gesture to guests in Oman is to offer them coffee and dates. It's just not, not just normal coffee. They flavor it with cardamom. I think that's uh, that's how you say it in English, the, the spice. So it's mm-hmm. a spicy coffee with uh, dates. They grow dates there. It's one of the major produce of the country, which actually being mostly desertic, doesn't have a lot of produce. And it's, uh, it's a gesture that everywhere you go, they will offer you that. So we had this uh, sunset gathering around the fire, brewing coffee and passing uh, a cup with dates around that was a really nice moment yeah that's when you know that you're uh, you're really traveling when you have those kinds of experiences i'm sure do you have any of your of your own to share yeah i have two that uh, come to mind uh, one is i brought our group to a visit the home of a family of sheep herders in uh, gina romania uh, this is a family that I met on my scouting trip when I first went to Romania. And uh, my good local guide and I were just kind of driving along one of the major roads. And he says, you know what? I know this family of sheep herders about a half hour up this road. Would you like to go meet them? And I said, absolutely. So we went up there and turned out to be just this beautiful rolling hills, green. Uh, they had hundreds of sheep. And this family lives in a very humble, uh, like, two-room house, uh, two sons, a mother and a father, and uh, just live a very, very interesting life, welcomed us into their home. They gave us, uh, uh, what, sheep sheep milk and sheep's cheese, which I never had fresh like that. But just uh, getting in their home and seeing how they live was fantastic. I uh, ended up make this was 2014, 2015, excuse me, and um, ended up making some images there that I entered into the Travel Photographer of the Year Award, excuse me, 2014 for the 2015 uh, contest. And uh, four of them put me as a finalist for the uh, Travel Photographer of the Year. Unfortunately, I didn't win, lost out to a National Geographic photographer who had won the award before. So I didn't feel too badly, but uh, just good to be mentioned. Um, Also, another one, and uh, we just released this episode, but being able to sit down with uh, Roberto Salas uh, one-on-one in his home 
uh, which is episode 59, if people want to check it out. Uh, he and I have known each other for, I don't know, four or five years, and I always bring my groups to his home to meet him. Very interesting man, tells us stories like he did in the uh, interview, but uh, he's become a friend and uh, just a super guy and really interesting to hear, you know, if starting at 16 years old, working in the inner circle of Fidel and Raul Castro, Che Guevara. Yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes, I, I have to admit. It's uh, such a great story or such great stories from such <laughs> a really interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any uh, anything happen on any of your trips last year? Anything go wrong? Well, yeah, no, no, nothing seriously wrong. But uh, one of the a little disappointment when I went to Norway and in winter, of course, hoping to to shoot the Northern Lights, and we didn't see any. When there was some solar activity, it was cloudy, and when the sky cleared up there was no more solar activity so we didn't get the northern lights I have to to go back norway iceland alaska i don't know some someday i will uh but that that's not really a misadventure just a minor disappointment because it's uh, the landscape there is, uh, is so great that it made up for it and a little bit of a, disad- a misadventure was again in oman uh i was uh Wanting to visit the, the souk, which is the old market of Muscat, the capital of Oman, which is famous uh, all over the world. And um, my guidebook, there is a chapter about the souk, and it says right beside the souk there is this neighborhood, which is um, inhabited by Shiites, uh, the Shiite minority, religious Muslim uh, minority in Oman, which is mostly a Sunni country, Sunni, I mean, not, uh, not as in with uh, lots of sun. Um, and the, the guidebook says, do, do not go there. But there are signs at the entrance that says, please do not enter. They don't like foreigners. Uh, they are very reclusive and so on. So what happened is that my GPS navigator sent me right through it. And I got lost. Not only I got lost, but I got stuck in a very narrow road. With my car could not go further because the road was getting even more narrow. And and then I had to 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 backtrack to go back without seeing uh, without seeing a very narrow road with lots of people on the street, everyone dressed in traditional costumes, no no westerners, nobody dressed in western dress, and an incredible thing that everybody was incredibly helpful and trying to get me out of that place because I was completely lost and confused, and my wife was uh, uh, freaking out because now what's going to happen now we are going to we, we scratched the car against the wall. And <laughs> <laughs> That's narrow. <laughs> the, so the, the, that was a bit of an adventure, but I was surprised that even though the guidebook said, don't go there, I, I went there by mistake and everybody was so friendly and uh, they understood completely our situation and they helped us get out of there with the car and find the parking. <laughs> Wow, that's that's quite a story. Uh, did people speak English? Yeah, yeah, also. Uh, in, wow. in Oman, uh, all the children you know, learn English at school. Maybe a few of the elders don't speak good English or so, but yeah, they they most people, even if you don't expect them to, to speak English because they, they don't work in the tourism industry or whatever, still they do pretty, pretty well. So it's... Uh, it's a very friendly place, very welcoming, and very easy to, to travel for for Westerners, for people who don't speak Arabic. 
And if you can just say salam alaikum or shukran, which means thank you, then it's uh, you're golden. That's great. Well, that's that's a good story. <laughs> Could have gone south though. Yeah, the only issue that I had last year uh, was with my group in Copper Canyon, Mexico, and uh, mentioned bigger and deeper than the Grand Canyon, has one of the great train rides of the world right through it. It's called uh, El Chepe, the Chihuahua a Pacifico. It's the only passenger train in all of Mexico. So we fly into a coastal town called uh, Los Mochis, and we take the train up the canyon. It's about 7,000 feet above sea level. And then we spend some time in the town of Creel, and we work our back, way back to Divisadero. And then on the last full day, we take the train back down to Los Mochis. Well, that morning of that last full day, we found out that there had been a landslide, and the train couldn't come from Chihuahua, the capital, pass us into Divisadero and take us down to Los Mochis because there had been a landslide on overnight. No one was hurt. The train didn't get hit or anything. But uh, the train wasn't coming that day, and there's only one train. So we had to really scramble and figure out what to do. And we ended up getting a transfer up to Chihuahua and then flew down to Los Mochis and then back to Mexico City to be able to make our flights. So um, it worked out, but and it was an adventure. Everyone, you know was great my the people on my trip were fantastic about it they know that there was nothing we could do but uh that you know that was the only mm. really kind of hiccup on a trip not a big deal it, it pays to be flexible and to be able to to adapt yeah. to unforeseen circumstances sometimes for sure for sure and then the other thing is uh very quickly i got sick in hanoi which i never do i mean as much as i travel i never get uh, sick, you know, like uh, digestive issues, and uh, ate something bad in Hanoi, and uh, I was down for about four days. Thank goodness it happened right between the end of my India trip and before the beginning of my Vietnam trip, so not while I was with a group, which uh, could could have been a problem. So, yeah. but not a big deal. I uh, you're talking about the Northern Lights. I forgot to mention that I did a trip to Lapland as well this past March to go see the Northern Lights up in uh, Finnish and Swedish Lapland with a group. And uh, one of the best things that I've ever done in my life is go dog sledding. Mm. And we do that in Finland. And what a blast! What a what an experience! Very different, fun, peaceful, beautiful weather. You've got these. Uh, this team of dogs, uh, you have a person on the front kind of sitting there on the sled and then one person driving. I ended up driving. I had a, a little bit older woman on this trip, and so I ended up driving the whole time. Otherwise, we switch about halfway through so everyone can experience uh, both. But uh, you've got eight or nine dogs, and they just go nuts while they're sitting there waiting to go. But as soon as you start, they quiet down. All they want to do is work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that, that is just one of the best things I've ever done. It's so peaceful and beautiful. So wonderful thing. And we did, uh, we did get to see the Northern lights up there. So that was nice. Got some nice shots. Great. Got any yeah. new gear this year? Yeah. You know, right at the end of 2015, uh, before, uh, right after Christmas, I bought myself a uh, my first mirrorless camera setup. 
So I went with the Panasonic Lumix GX8 and a 14 to 140 lens. And it's pretty much all I shot with all last year. Really enjoyed it. I love the, the, you know, the size, the fact that it's very lightweight. It's uh, very unobtrusive to subjects. Um, I really enjoyed it. I got some nice shots last year, and I exclusively used that camera. How about yourself? Yeah, just uh, when was that? Beginning of December, before going down to Amalfi, I got my X-T2, the Fuji X-T2, which, was, which is my third mirrorless camera. Actually, I've been moved to mirrorless three more than three years ago. And so I decided I deserved an upgrade. So I got the XC2. I brought it with me down to Amalfi, Sorrento, Capri, that area, which is really beautiful. And I've got two articles on my website, on my blog about it. And still need to to write the third part of that series. And then I brought it to, to Oman as well. And it, it performed greatly. And it's, it's a great camera. So... When I come down to New York and we meet, I'll let you try it. Maybe you will switch to Fujifilm as well. <laughs> I never know. You never know. Uh, I also started doing, a, well, try to start doing a bit more video. I got a DJI Osmo, which is one of those uh, stabilized gimbal cameras, which is a lot of fun to use. I've used it to, to do some videos, to do some interviews too. I haven't used it as much as I would have liked to because um, so I'm so attached to, to, to my camera, stills camera uh, still love taking stills and then I end up not, not having enough time to, to shoot video which takes time, takes time to think about it, to edit but I'm hoping to do more video in, uh, in 2017 also because I also order a drone uh, and I'm um, going to do some aerial photograph photography from as soon as they deliver it, hopefully in February. Some sometime in February, I should have a drone in my hands, and maybe I'll do some. Again, I, I'm mostly interested in stills, so I'm just going wanting to get a different perspective, take stills from positions that you cannot reach just with uh, with your hands. Yeah, um, talking about the DJI Osmo, that looks like a really interesting piece of gear. Is does that have its own camera, or do you put a GoPro on it? It has the the first model, the one I I got. It has its own camera. Okay. Uh, then they released the DJI Osmo Mobile, which uh, you mount your phone on the gimbal. Ah. So it stabilizes okay. your phone, uh, but you need the phone to take the picture. The one I have has its own camera. And use the phone with an app as a monitor. Gotcha. Yeah, um, talking about video, I did a lot of video last year, and 95% of it was with my iPhone. And uh, got some nice stuff. And like you say, it's a, it's a different mindset when you start uh, thinking about still photography versus videography. And uh, just a couple tips for people, and, and I'm not a I don't consider myself a professional videographer by any stretch, but um, number one is always shoot horizontally mm -hmm. uh, because that's the way you're going to watch it instead of having those big black bars on either side, which sometimes you see on the news when people submit their, their news feeds. 
Um, I think that's a huge negative. Uh, another thing is I try to let the action happen in front of me instead of trying to follow it around. Uh, you know, you don't want your viewers to get seasick. So just look for something that's moving, hold still for, you know, a few seconds and let the action happen in front of you instead of trying to follow it all around, which uh, is very difficult to watch. But uh, I've been doing a lot of a lot of video, kind of uh, some talking head stuff, uh, where I'm sort of on camera doing some some tips or some promo type stuff. I'm afraid but, uh, the one against the vertical video is a lost battle, but <laughs> yeah, I keep telling people, man, <laughs> I keep doing it. Um, and uh, what about uh, any? New locations. Now you said that you you went to Oman. That that was your first trip to Oman. Yeah, it was also my first trip to Norway. Norway. Uh, mm-hmm. Now where'd you go in Norway? Did you go, was it Lofoten? Did you go way up? No, north? no. We went to Senia, which is a uh, one of the largest uh, islands just off the coast of Norway. It's uh, close to Tromso. Uh, we wanted to go to Lofoten. Uh, the reason we didn't is because we didn't have enough time. Uh, reaching Lofoten is a bit takes a bit more time. I was going to say, how difficult it is it to get to these locations? It's not difficult at all. I mean, from if you want to go to Senia, you can fly to Tromso. There's an airport there. It's a nice city. Then you take a boat. A fast boat takes you two hours, and you're on Senia. Okay. Going to Lofoten. Uh, you either drive a long distance from Tromso or other places, or you need to take a ferry boat that is uh, doesn't run every day, or if it runs every day, and especially in winter it might not if the sea is rough. Uh, it's at very in- inconvenient hour. So we would have ended up to having to fly from Milan, where I live, to Oslo, and then Oslo to uh, Bodo, which is near and then spend the night there and then wait the morning after to get on a ferry boat and then four to five hours to get to Lofoten and then the same thing back. We only had like five days, so it was not feasible. But yeah, next time we we go to Norway, I definitely want to to go to Lofoten. Senja is beautiful. It's not as famous as Lofoten. Uh, It has beautiful landscape, fjords, uh, mountains, and it's got it all. Just like Lofoten, maybe not so grandiose and varied, but still very, very beautiful. Um, it's an island. It's spelled uh, S-E-N-J-A. So people should definitely look it up. Great. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Norway since 1988, and I didn't get up north there. But I, I still think it's one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. Yeah, Senja is actually more stunning. northern than Lofoten. Is that right? Wow. So. Yeah. Well, I, um, I had been to India before in 2011, but it was a very quick trip. And this time I actually spent a month there and uh, did the Golden Triangle, Agra, Jaipur, and Delhi. Uh, but this trip I also added Jodhpur, which is known as the Blue City. I uh, went to the Pushkar Camel Fair and also up to Varanasi. So that was a pretty fascinating trip. Yeah, I just wanted and, to re- remind people, listeners here, that we talked about India in episode, what is that, 55? Yeah, so 55. If you want to yeah. get all the details that should go back to that and listen to it, it was a really, really interesting, fascinating episode. 
yeah, such a great place. And then uh, something I wanted to do for a long, long time was get to Tokyo. And so I was able to do that on my flight back from Saigon after my Vietnam trip. And uh, when I was looking at flights back to Chicago, I saw that I was going to fly through Tokyo. And I just called the airline and asked if I could stay uh, for four or five nights, which is a good tip. Sometimes you think that uh, you know, you're only there for an eight-hour layover or something. Sometimes you can call the airline and say, is it okay if I stay for you know, however many days? And uh, the flight was the same price. And so I got an Airbnb, maybe $70, $80 a night Airbnb. And uh, so it was a very inexpensive trip to a place that's often thought of as extremely expensive, which it can be. But I think it was a, a lot less expensive than I thought it would be. So I'm looking forward to going back and actually scouting it. This was meant to be sort of a, a relaxing kind of trip. And I just wanted to spend time exploring the food. I did a really nice foodie tour with uh, Arigato Japan, which is a, a food tour company there. So what, what are you looking forward to in uh, 2017, business-wise and or travel-wise? Any, anything really new and interesting coming up? Well, I th um, I'm kind of repeating uh, many of my trips this year, the ones that I just mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show. But uh, I am going to lead uh, – that was a scouting trip to India, so this will be my first trip with a group that I'm leading there. And that's already filling up very nicely with uh, quite a few of my uh, people that have been on trips with me before. So I'm looking forward to that trip. And then uh, I am – a new project that I'm working on is something called Tour Organizer Training. And this is something where I'm actually going to be teaching people how to organize and lead their own tours. So this is uh, somewhat in the early stages, but uh, I'm looking forward to releasing that officially probably in June. But uh, if people want to join the mailing list and get more information about that, just go to tourorganizertraining.com and you can put your email address in there and we'll make sure we update you on uh, anything new that's happening. But I'm really looking forward to that because I think it's going to be fun and there's a, been a lot of interest in it. So. I'll, I'll be the first to sign up for it. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, unlike you, when leading tours is not my main occupation, but I started doing this uh, recently. And um, so, yeah, I mean, learning how to do that even better is definitely something that I want to do. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah. That's nice to hear from someone who's led tours uh, because I've organized and led over 60 tours, uh, international tours around the world, plus countless ones within the U.S. Uh, and I wish something like this was around when I started out because it would have saved me hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars in the mistakes that I made. So I really think there's some value to it. Be sure to keep you up to date on that. Yeah, so if I... Since I mentioned tours, I would just like to to trump my own horn for for a bit and uh, mention that it's what's today is January nineteen, and in less than a month I'll be in Venice leading my first uh, tour slash workshop there. We are going to to be at the Venice Carnival photographing uh, models. Oh, you know, the, if you don't know about the Venice Carnival, it's a it's a big event lasts for more than two weeks and. There's hundreds of people with incredible costumes that walk around the city all day, not to mention the fact that it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world and 
we'll be leading a few guests there to to have some uh, quality time with some great costume models. So I'm really looking looking to that. Looking forward to that. Wonderful. Yeah, Venice, one of my favorite cities in Italy. It, uh, and uh, it, it can be very crowded. I'm sure you'll agree during the daytime. But if you just get out early or get out a little later, all the day trippers are gone. And you could have you know, something like St. Mark's Square to yourself that's, at 7 uh, o'clock in the morning. That, that's exactly what we are aiming to provide. I mean, providing yeah. them. It, it's, it's easy to find people in costume everywhere in the city during the day, but their best costumes are usually surrounded by hundreds of people, other photographers, amateur photographers, professional photographers, people with phones that want to take a photo. And it's 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 impossible. So... We have some good contacts with uh, with some of those people, and we organize private sessions at uh, those times of the day when not many other people are around because they're just day trippers. Absolutely, that sounds like a great great trip. Well, I think this was uh, great. I, I love doing these kinds of uh, kind of synopsises of the the, the previous year and. Uh, Looking forward to uh, a lot of great things happening uh, for me this year. Uh, and one of the great things that happened me to, to, to me towards the end of this past year was you're asking me to co-host the show with you. This has been fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I'm enjoying it a lot. And uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't mention that, but one of the things I'm really looking forward to in 2017 is to, to grow the podcast and to bring in new guests and to have maybe we'll have some episodes which will be a little bit different than just an interview we might have some uh, uh, roundups uh, we're planning to do a lot of roundups uh, we are planning to, to change a little little by little i mean i think we're doing good and change some things make it even better and bring yeah. it to new heights i think uh, 2017 will be the year of the traveling image makers podcast Wonderful. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Appreciate your being here. And if you'd like to uh, find out more about me, please go to photoenrichment.com or tourorganizertraining.com. You could join my mailing list at either one of those locations. And if you'd like to follow me on the social media platforms, uh, just look for at photoenrichment or at Ralph Velasco. Ugo, where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me at my main website. It's uh, ucphoto.me, uh, or I mentioned the, the tours I lead. You can find all the information at mediterraneanphototours.com. And about the podcast, if you're just listening to it, it didn't come through the website, you can find uh, all the previews and future episodes at ttim.photo. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, and uh, if you get a chance, put in a put in a review. That helps us to get found by other people. Yep, absolutely. So uh, it's been a nice conversation, good episode, and I'll see you in uh, in New York in a few days. Incredible. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Hugo. You're welcome. Thanks to you.